Hi, I'm Branson Stowell. And I'm Matt Sparks. And welcome to the Film Exchange, where two friends and film enthusiasts discuss the films that inspire us. Today's film is 1998's Babe Pig in the City by the great Australian auteur George Miller. It is the sequel to the film Babe. And in this particular film, Babe, fresh from his victory in the sheep herding contest, returns to Farmer Hoggett's farm. But after the farmer is injured and unable to work, Babe is forced to go to the big city to save the farm. This film was Matt's pick. Matt, why did you choose Babe, Pig in the City? Well, no, I thought it would be worth uh, revisiting a film from George Miller's uh, career with the recent release of 3,000 Years of Longing. And one that I feel like doesn't quite get a fair shake is Babe 2. I've always been kind of fascinated by the original Babe and its like critical reception at the time because it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director... Best Supporting Actor for James Cromwell. Uh, it won Best Visual Effects beating out Apollo 13, which yeah, that was pretty popular at the time. I think Beauty and the Beast probably paved the way for Babe, but um, it's still pretty impressive. The first Babe has 97% on Rotten Tomatoes and the sequel has 65%, but at the same time, many of my favorite critics praise it as being superior and I've even seen it on lists as some of the best films of the 90s, the second one. And I do think there's something special about it. And I think you really see George Miller's touch on this one compared to the first one. Well, he didn't direct the first one, right? Right. Yeah, he's always been like the king of sequels, like the Mad Max. The first Mad Max could have just been like in our world, pretty much. And then by the time we get to the fourth one, it's a complete other planet. And I feel like he takes a similar approach to the second Babe. It's like it's just a complete other world. I love when Babe first sees the cityscape and it's just every single city combined into one, like just totally fantastical. What did you think watching this? I, I think you make so many good points. Like, first of all, I remember Babe as this big cultural staple. Even back in the 90s, you know, the first Babe movie grossed a quarter billion dollars worldwide, 254 million. That is a ton. But like we pointed out, it was this guy, Chris Noonan, who directed. However, it was kind of George Miller's, like, his passion project. He had the vision for it. And I do feel like you're right. Like, you get to see this unleashed in Babe Pig in the City, which I had never seen before, but is one of the most absolutely bonkers movies I have ever seen. I mean, just talk about what a strong derivative turn you get from this idyllic farm to this weird, wacky funhouse, which I do feel like turns up the fantasy and wackiness level to, like, nine. To 11. Yeah, to, yeah exactly. Good point. It goes to past the setting and the weird ambiguous city that's just called metropolis with the empire state building and the golden gate bridge and the cn tower and the tokyo and the great wall of china and all these things in the it just combines this amorphous mass of a city but my other big uh, sort of wild point is i not seeing this film i had sort of imagined something more in the vein of when you hear the word babe pig in the city i imagine this like kind of contrast between rural and urban life you know a little bit like oliver and company or something like that that was not this this is babe goes to essentially like this wild halfway house of animals it was just crazy like it, it it shocked me how quickly george miller like shelved the humans in the movie entirely and i watched this movie like right when i was in a little like 
a little bit of a George Miller binge. But I just, so I just watched all these George Miller films and I was like, I have to watch, revisit Babe, Pig in the City. And watching it back to back with Mad Max, you really see (laughs) the parallels there. But I feel like if you, when I bring this film up to people, they almost find it hard to believe. But when you really like look look at it, you, it's really similar. Like when the, the, the boss's wife, Miss Hoggett, is exploring the city and she's just she gets in like a fight with some guys on the street. Like those characters could have easily been like they're very rough, like on bikers. And that could have very much been in a Mad Max movie. Um, and there's even like a really similar action sequence to Thunderdome with the yeah, <laughs> uh, Miss Hoggett true. bouncing around this big ballroom. It's almost like having watched them back to back, it's almost like identical in a way to the the fight scene in the Thunderdome in Mad Max 3. The second that I saw Mickey Rooney's character who kind of plays the hotel owner's, you know, neurodivergent guest. Uncle Fugly. <laughs> Yes, Uncle Fugly. The second I saw him in his clown routine, I thought of the Immortan Joe, the villain from Mad Max Fury Road with his clown makeup, you know? Exactly. That's exactly what comes to mind. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That movie, like, even as an adult, was kind of scary. That movie's rated G. How is that movie rated G? No, there's... I do think it shouldn't be rated G. You watch a pit bull nearly drown to death. These animals are being wrangled. I think that's probably my favorite... What I would say is my favorite scene, but also what disturbed me the most as a kid is the scene when they're all being captured by animal control. I like it because there's like a certain musicality to it and feeling like operatic in a way. There's no way though that that should be rated G because all these animals are being captured and tortured. And <laughs> it's so violent. But the pit bull, the pit bull falling from that chain and drowning. I don't feel like you couldn't get away with that today i'm surprised i got away with it then (laughs) no and it looks so realistic i mean it's funny that you say that because my favorite scene is kind of the saving of the pit bull you know they're out exploring the city for the first time trying to get food but that scene is my favorite because uh it felt so tragic and adult i honestly felt like they were just gonna they were all content to let the pit bull die (laughs) you know i think that was really the character of babe's development arc and how he handles the subsequent rationing of the jelly beans was another leading into that thank the pig yeah exactly thank the pig there's something about that that just made me feel like they didn't feel like a kid's movie in that i didn't feel comfortable i felt like all of these animals are getting a jelly bean and i feel (laughs) terrible you know (laughs) I'm like this is this is Lars this von isn't Trier this isn't directing. Nourishing. Yeah, this is horrible. And all the panels <laughs> are like, I'm hungry. <laughs> it's like, I know you are. It's a doggy dog world. Minutes after you have the sequence of the pit bull drowning, there's this sad little handicapped dog named Fleelick who has an, a yeah, death experience. Dies. Goes to heaven and, and then has to come back to the hell that is Earth. Also, just that sad, like the old, like kind of washed up pink poodle. It's I mean, intense. some of the dialogue alone was not G rated. She had a whole line where she was like, they're going to have their way with me. <laughs> it was like unbridled. And the set design of that junkyard was just amazing. You know, there's something almost like Catalan modernisme to the hotel. It's like it's Venice, but it's got this Gaudian exterior <laughs> with these tubular framings of the doors. It's just my expectations were never accurate. They start off with a simple objective. Go to this fair to collect an appearance fee. And that's thrown out the window immediately. Then it becomes a survival film. Yeah, a G-rated film when 
she gets stripped and searched for drugs, <laughs> for drug trafficking. <laughs> That's a good point. There's a whole DEA sequence. <laughs> so, like, Babe, the first film feels like a fable to mm, me. Yes. Babe is a fable, and Babe 2 feels like an adventure story to me. I just, like, working on that movie must have been so fun. And it's such a shame because, obviously, I, you know, in, in doing research for this, I, I read that it, not, it was a massive flop led to multiple resignations. The distribution company caused corporate reshuffling at the top there because it was such a, a bomb. And how would you know? For me, like, it's so hard not to like. But when we started talking about the G rating stuff, that makes perfect sense to me in a way because these parents think they're going to take their kid to, you know, a movie like Babe, like, that's just like a chapter book. And then they take him to, <laughs> to this. It was just totally bonkers and really adult-themed I could see why people would have opinions about it because they have expectations for what a babe movie should be. But one thing I wanted to talk mention because we recently talked about The Lion King and a lot of what we talked about the remake, the 2019 remake was how using photorealistic animals was the wrong choice. They can't emote. But here we're using real animals, well, and puppets, a combination of real animal and puppets. But to me, this I don't have that complaint at all here. You know, and it feels very real. And maybe the solution to the Lion King was to use real animals. <laughs> Training lions is probably a different story. And also, like, what happened to this, that style of working with actual animals? When I was a kid, I loved that movie Cats and Dogs. They ha- You haven't seen that in a really long time, using real animals. And I think that's much better than, like, a giant CGI Clifford. You know, I like to think about how funny it is that George Miller is sitting on set and he like walks into a literal farm in the sense that there's just all these animals in this room (laughs) you know i I read somewhere that there were over 500 different animals you know multiple babes etc etc used at one point on set and i'm just imagining walking into that fun house and being like okay everyone quiet on set (laughs) there's like pigs squealing (laughs) you know all this stuff going on he's like (laughs) quiet on set one thing it's it's weird to me that i didn't notice to watching it this time was um the voice of Babe, Elizabeth Daly, the voice of Tommy, Rugrats. Oh now that, my god! Once gosh, you realize it that, makes... it's so obvious, but I can't believe it took me like a lifetime to put those two together. <laughs> that makes so much sense. I liked it. It was disturbing a little bit, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't know if I could watch <laughs> it again soon. To be honest, that's a little bit of how George Miller's films have always left me feeling yeah. for the most part. So it's par for the course for his style like we're not revisiting it because you know we're nostalgic for our childhood i'm sure that's part of it at least for me but also i feel like it's a movie that should be taken seriously and not forgotten boy oh boy (laughs) that really bizarre weird house was just a character all its own and monkey mafia and you know there's (laughs) so much to unpack in that movie Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our episode where we talked about Babe Pig in the City. We hope you enjoyed our conversation, and we also hope that you'll follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at FilmExchangePod. Please feel free to reach out to us there and let us know if there's a film or something you'd like us to talk about, and we look forward to seeing you next time. 